I was going to say good evening, ladies and gentlemen, but it, it is five past five minutes past midnight on the fifteenth uh, of August, uh, two thousand and twenty, and my uh, I just had the urge to get on and do another show. I am on a medication that uh, is keeping me awake <laughs> at night, so I figure. You know, when it, uh, when you have an opportunity, you might as well use it, you know. So, um, you know, prednisone's an interesting uh, medication. And, uh, well, if it keeps me awake so I can do something like this, then this is wonderful. <clears throat> okay, so what are we going to do? Well, last Monday was a spectacular show. We had Jonathan Gray on. And Jonathan Gray revealed things to us that, were truly amazing. I mean, a, a lot of the things that he said on Monday night I'd heard before, but he has added stuff to what I had heard before. And even the stuff that I heard before when he reiterated it again on the show was fantastic. But um, having researched more and gotten more information and presented it to us, um, I had to say that most of the time my jaw was, uh, it was hard to keep it uh, closed. I almost felt as if I had to reach down and push it back up from my desktop. It was, you know, I was just so amazed at what Jonathan was saying. And we've heard from several people that it was probably one of the best shows we've ever done. And um, that some people have had to listen to it twice. It was so deep in content. So... If you've had to listen to it twice or three times, I truly understand that. I have done that in a proxy sort of way because I've listened to it with other people. And each time I listen to it, I'm amazed. So um, I was talking to Brian, our, one of our other hosts that's on that was on Monday night and is becoming fairly regular on the show. And, and bless the Lord for that because Brian's a really neat guy. But um, And... Uh, we had to talk to each other the next day to debrief about what we had heard about how fantastic it was. And, uh, it's funny, you know, it's, uh, we, we both, I don't know how many of you out there are born again, Christians, but or born again, believers in Yeshua, I should say. But when you get born again, you you feel different. You feel new. You feel like you've, You've gained all this knowledge. Uh, you just don't know what the knowledge is yet, but you feel like you've gained it, and and you've gained this freedom. And um, Monday night was akin to that. And and I told Brian when I was talking to him on the phone, I said, I said, you know, I don't want to sound sacrilegious, but I feel like I've been born again again. You know, I I and I didn't mean I was born again through the blood of Jesus or or born of the Spirit again, but just it was the, the the strangest, most bizarre feeling that I still have to this day, and um, and that was what four or five days ago. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, anyway, um, so having done such an intense show like that, um, I figured tonight that uh, take a little bit of a break. And um, as you know, and as I've done before on this show, sometimes when I do my late night shows, um, I, I've done one show like this with Jim and Eric, and we did a um, 
a gematria view on somebody. I can't remember what it was. I don't like to say view because it sounds like I'm forecasting something. But, you know, just a study uh, to look at the numeric values in the Hebrew of a person's name and, and what other words come up that match that numeric value. And, you know, sometimes you get ridiculous things. You, you get people that get on a gematria generator and they'll put their own name in there. And then they do something foolish. They save it. Okay, so when you look up something, a lot of times you'll get their names, you'll get the names of a certain rock band or something like that, and those things are of no value. But when you type in somebody diabolical like Hillary Clinton, what we're going to do tonight, um, we're going to study tonight, we're not going to do her. Um, you uh, And then you find some words that are totally revealing to her character. It just makes you take pause for a second and wonder if there's something to this, you know, and I'm going to come right out and say, I do this as a hobby. I don't do it as a doctrinal thing. I don't do it as a Bible study thing. Um, I agree that there could be, it could be bupkis. It could be total bupkis, but I do wonder sometimes that some of the things that come up, um, when I put a person's name and that's, uh, I think I did George Soros, and when it, when it said Son of Lucifer, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> that's not too far away. Um, so anyway, uh, I did this thing on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Actually, I did it on Hillary Diane Rodham because that was her maiden name. And I believe that we should go by maiden names and we should go by full names when we do this because um, full names mean a lot. Um, <laughs> I had to laugh because... Uh, my, my full name is, uh, David Jacob Rafino and David means beloved or beloved of God, but Jacob or James means usurper or supplanter. So how can you be beloved and a supplanter at the same time? Well, you know, you can supplant the powers of darkness. So. I, I had that explained to me not too long ago because I was kind of confused about that. Well, anyway, and then the whole last name means something else. And um, so anyway, you know, I, I did it on myself and I've done it on a couple of close friends. And, and I'm telling you, things come out pretty accurate. Um, and I've done it on family members, too, and they've come out pretty accurate. But again, I'm not saying that I'm going to base a doctrine on this. I'm not going to judge anybody by this. I'm not going to. Um, think about anybody's character as being any better or worse. But like I said, when it uh, when it confirms a person's uh, character and it confirms a person's um, diabolical methods, especially when I'm doing these on, uh, on people that are less desirable when it comes to, uh, to character, you know, like basically politicians and things like that. Um, and it comes up with... Uh, some names that normally wouldn't come up and it equates them with being part of uh, the devil's empire, then, you know, I got to, I got to share them and, you know, take this and do with it what you will. Um, these things are going to be published on the delusion resistance website. I'm going to create a, uh, a new category on there, um, uh, pretty soon because I've got about six of these done now. And, uh, I will put it in a new category and you can be free to read them. I'll put them in PDF format. I love PDF format. Uh, I really appreciate Adobe for making that, uh, that format. It, uh, it really makes things look nice and crisp and clean. 
So without further ado, what I want to start out with, let's start with a little levity. Um, there was a uh, an article that was written, and let me see, let me get, I love using Opera because it's got a VPN in it. I won't be using that tonight because I want to, uh, you know, kind of like have a faster internet. Um, but there was an article that was printed in, um, in the opinion section of the, uh, the wall, the Washington post of all places. Um, and I guess their motto was democracy dies in darkness, which is pretty interesting. Um, and I think the post is the, uh, the conservative alternative to the Washington times, which, you know, is basically only good for wrapping dead fish and, uh, and lining the bottom of uh, your birdcage. So, um, anyway, this, but this uh, lady, her name is Alexandra Petri. She's a columnist. And this was, uh, uh, put in the uh, post on October 14th, uh, 2016 at 6:33 AM. So this was before the election, about a month before the election on the 16th. And um, she looks like quite a character. She's got one of those faces. There's a face of her right here. And um, she looks like uh, she likes to kid around. So um, I think that a lot of this is uh, kidding around. And I noticed that she didn't put anything in here about uh, Hillary's um, uh, little to-do about uh, the Watergate. Because she worked uh, for, I think it might have been Alan Dershowitz. I'm not sure. Um, during the uh, Watergate investigation, and she got fired from that. And uh, <clears throat> when you're working, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when you're working as a Democrat trying to bring a president down, a Republican president, and you get fired, then um, either you did something as acting as a Republican, or you're just a really stupid Democrat. Um, I opt for the second one. Uh, explanation where Hillary's concerned. Um, I think that her light bulb isn't too bright, but I think she's cunning. I think she's a very cunning woman and that she is very skilled at uh, uh, casting blame on others and um, and killing other people, that getting her way. But uh, that's a whole other story. And I don't know if I've ever done a story on the Hillary body count, but... Uh, I think I may have a long time ago, but maybe it's time to do another one because I think she's added to it recently. I think Seth Rich was the last one, but I'm sure there are some that we don't know about. Anyway, um, she starts out, uh, it's called The Hideous Diabolical Truth About Hillary Clinton. And how can you pass something like that up, huh? You just can't pass something like that up. You've got to read that, you know, especially if you don't like her, Clinton, that is. Um, so anyway, she says it's time for someone that someone's got to the bottom of everything that people say about Hillary Clinton. Who is she? More importantly, what is she? (laughs) Oh, I like this, this girl, right, right off the bat. I think she's wonderful. Um, I've compiled a a following timeline of her life by combining all the actual theories about her when lined up together. They form quite a biography. So I think this is kind of like almost like onion material, but not quite because there's some truths in here. Okay. Um, except for what I'm about to read the first paragraph before time, before the earth was made, before matter was being and was 
matter and being and history. Hillary Clinton, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, Prince of Darkness, Satan, uh, she who, she whose many names, the cats scream in the night, is cast out of heaven for overweening hubris. She's condemned to lie in uh, eternal torment in a lake of fire surrounded by her fallen angels, or alternatively to run for mayor or for major office while female. For thousands of years, she lies outside of time, smelling sulfur before deciding to undertake the second option. She may have, uh, let me add this, she may have well been uh, the uh, Queen Jezebel. Um, anyway, so October 26, 1947, Hillary Clinton, a robot, is constructed by Saul Alinsky, then slipped into a bassinet and delivered to the Rodham House, where it stores its six human relatable memories by squeegeeing family life and honest toil. <laughs> Sorry. But I figured, you know, before we get into the heavy stuff, let's let's have a little fun, right? Uh, fall of 1965, the young Hillary Clinton is replaced by a new model, this one with glasses. It retains only one of the memories that, the memories, the squeegeeing. It attends Wesley where it decorates itself with spectacles and with uh, what conservative commentators will later describe as one vast and hideous eyebrow, like a caterpillar in which many Welsh miners could be trapped and lost as in a horrid thorny, thorny forest. <laughs> this gal is amazing. Um, if she's got a, a Facebook page or something, I'm, I'm subscribing right away. Um, she probably doesn't if she's writing stuff like this and she may not even be alive anymore. Um, but anyway, let me just take a sip of coffee and then we'll move on. Okay. Ah, coffee, drink of champions. Spring of 1969, Hillary Clinton graduates from Wesley, although she gets in touch, first gets in touch with the Alinsky, with Alinsky, her mentor, Satan, she fails to mention at the first meeting that she, too, is Satan. And then once they know each other, it seems too awkward to bring up. As a coincidence, the devil mentors herself for many decades, wasting everybody's time and effort. She also founds the Islamic State. She will toil for many years in the secret, in secret on this passion project, keeping it even from Bill, whom she's about to meet. Once during his presidency, he will ask, is there anything I should know about you, Hills? And she will shrug and say, nah. A bit confusingly, she will begin to fight the Islamic State, which she will spend her entire adult life doing. Until she can use them, that is. Um, and I added that. Fall of 1969, at Yale Law School, Hillary meets Bill Clinton, who courts her by staging her from across the room while their eyes speak the old dead language of the darkness beyond worlds. She is a lesbian who's, who, interestingly, does not let this dissuade her from pursuing numerous heterosexual affairs, for which, she, for which although frigid, she has an inexhaustible appetite. <laughs> uh, it is at this time that she acquires her witch powers. She's also a witch, and that's true, folks. Although her familiar, the cat Socks, 
will not manifest until the Clinton administration will she, when she will use him to contact Eleanor Roosevelt. There's some truth behind that. Um, 1969 to present. Hillary accomplishes nothing. Every time she appears to have made progress on a project or contributed to an achievement of any kind, she carefully arranges things in such a way that no one will ever give her credit unless, of course, the thing is negative, in which case she will turn out to be solely responsible. <laughs> 1975, Bill and Hillary wed. They possess a unique marriage in which both have full and perfect knowledge of the other's party activities at all times. 1980, Bill Clinton loses the governorship in consultation with the team of Illuminati demons and robo-Hitlers who have been supervising Hillary Clinton's progress thus far. Her robotic shell is replaced with another, different one that has not that does not wear glasses and is blonder. The people of Arkansas consider this to be an improvement, although they complain about it, its inability to bake. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, it is funny that she used to wear glasses and real thick ones, and then she didn't anymore. Maybe she got um, eye surgery or something. But uh, anyway, you know, it, it seemed like there have been several variations of Hillary Clinton. Um, anyway, 1992, Bill Clinton is elected president. The era of a general of the era of the era of general prosperity that follows only serves to confirm the fact that Hillary Clinton is the Antichrist, in addition to being a witch, a robot, and Satan. Yes, ladies, you can have it all. <laughs> uh, 1998. Bill Clinton is in peace. Hillary Clinton goes berserk, throwing lamps and cursing and setting small fires with her eyes. Everyone who wanders into a certain wing of the White House complains of a buzzing sound like a thousand flies and a persistent stench of sulfur that will not dissipate. The cat's socks disappears and the shadowy form of a giant feline in an overcoat is seen stalking the streets near the treasury before yowling and disappearing into the mist. Beavers attack the cherry tree blossoms or the cherry blossom tree, excuse me. 2000, Hillary Clinton is elected senator from New York. Like any other senator before or since, she is given a, spe a special deciding vote that allows her to pass any legis legislation she wishes, a fact that Donald Trump will call attention to during the second debate. Oddly, she chooses never to exercise this power except to force us into a war with Iraq, necessary to support the Islamic State, her, per her pet project. Any reforms or bills you wanted that you wanted that did not pass during her years in the Senate were her fault. 2001, pictures show Rudy Giuliani standing next to Hillary Clinton at Ground Zero, but he insists years later that she was not there and that he never saw her. This was obviously witchcraft. Um, 2008, Hillary Clinton and... Sorry. <laughs> I got this feeling. I feel like Michael Savage for some reason. <laughs> I just can't help it. Uh, 2008, Hillary Clinton and her friend invent the birther movement, which Donald Trump will spend the next eight years trying to quash. She loses the presidency to fellow Antichrist Barack Obama 
after a secret game of rock, paper, scissors, and the thousand sharp razor tentacles, but is glad for the opportunity to become Secretary, Secretary of State and give her fledgling Islamic State a chance to soar. She has also been murdering people every year, just like constant murdering them. <laughs> but no one says anything about it since she's a female. I got to look and see if this lady's still alive. <laughs> um, 2012, Hillary Clinton deliberately orchestrates even more murders and treasons this year, most prominently in Benghazi. This is also the year when she pens numerous smoking gun emails explaining her deep loathing for the American people, desire to ruin the country, complete incompetence in making deals, deathly illness, inability to get anything done, the fact that everything that has transpired in the United States in her lifetime has been a result of her ingenious and diabolical schemes and how these statements are not contradictory. Unfortunately, she deletes those very carefully. <laughs> 2013, Hillary Clinton vanishes into hibernation to meditate and shed her lizard skin. I haven't read this before, folks. <laughs> She's also a lizard person, in addition to being nameless, timeless, and evil. Uh, just uh, to add, just to add difficulty to her next run as president, she decides to cultivate several very serious medical ailments, including but not limited to at least eight strokes, dropsy, and the king's evil. Uh, this is hard to pull off because she's a robot, but she's committed. 2015, Hillary Clinton resumes her quest to the presidency. First, though, she meets with an international banking conglomerate to, solifi to solifi solidify the plan for the New World Order. There might be some truth to that. 2016, Hillary Clinton wins the Democratic nomination by deliberately suppressing the votes of all Bernie Sanders supporters. supporters. Frankly, it's a miracle we even know there were such things as... Sanders supporters, although she orchestrates the murder of Justice Antonin Scalia, that might be truth there, uh, she activates a spell cast on Donald Trump decades before at his wedding, which causes everything that comes out of his mouth to sound like the racist, sexist ramblings of a deranged conspiracy theorist. Trump tries valiantly to lay all of her activities bare to the American people, but people cannot hear the truth through Hillary Clinton's powerful cloud of witchcraft, which she uses to summon women everywhere whom he has wronged. <laughs> okay, and then here's the part that didn't happen. 2017, Hillary Clinton takes office. Her first act is to replace the entire Supreme Court with a series of corporations cleverly disguised beneath large robes. She sheds her robot witch exterior and resumes her, her beastly form flying over the White House, engulfing everything beneath in a deep shadow and ending the American way of life as we know it. And then it says everyone has was right about her all along. So anyway, there is a little bit of levity. Um, you know, they, my dad used to say in, in all jest, there's a little bit of truth. <laughs> and I think in every one of these paragraphs, there's a little bit of truth. But uh, Alexandria Petrie um, says a, a columnist uh, offering a lighter take on the news and opinions of the day. Um, I am going to write her and thank her for this when 
the shows over because it's it was totally awesome. Um, I uh, I've never liked Hillary Clinton. Um, that's no secret. I uh, the Lord has given me a degree of, uh, and I think quite a, quite a degree of discernment. And uh, my grandmother always told me, even when I was a kid, you can see a, see how a person is by looking into their eyes. And there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, it's not 100%. Nothing's 100%. But when you look into a person's eyes and, and you, you can see deceit in there, that you can probably be pretty assured that there is. I mean, when I do, they really have to prove themselves. They really have to prove me wrong. Okay. Um, I have, I've been hoodwinked before. I'm going to admit it. But uh, the uh, the fact is that, um, you know, by looking into somebody's eyes and just talking from for a few minutes, you can pretty well pick up on what most people are all about. And some people take a little longer, but, uh, and, uh, no, anyway, that's enough of that. Anyway, I did a Gamacho profile on Hillary Diane Rodham, spelled R-O-D-H-A-M. That hers it was her maiden name. And her uh, genealogy goes back quite far. We're not going to go into that. Um, I, I do believe that she's probably serpent seed. And if that alarms you, well, let's just look at the names that add up to her names, and then you decide for yourself. Um, yeah, I do believe in the two seed theory. I believe, well, like God said in uh, Genesis, that uh, there's going to be a seed of the woman and a seed of the serpent. So if God said in Genesis, there's got to be some kind of truth to it, right? And no matter what way you try to write something into that to change it, still uh, God said it. And uh, or Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh said it, Yahweh. And um we got to take it for the value. I'll believe anything he says over anybody else. And uh, just like with this, uh, you know, the Jews are cast off or the law is forsaken. There is no more law. It's all grace. Well, that's nice. But when my Lord Yeshua says that uh, until heaven and earth passes away, not one jot or one tittle will disappear from the law until all is accomplished. Okay, and he didn't accomplish all in his death. He accomplished the, the uh, or fulfilled the uh, the laws against uh, violation and uh, excuse me against um, sin and death. And he is our high priest, and he is our king, and things like that. But there still are uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, you're going to throw away the Ten Commandments because you think that the law is no longer valid. Uh, there's 613 of them. He did away with some of them, but you know you still don't cheat your neighbor, and if you're uh, if you destroy your neighbor's property, you try to replace it, and that's what the law is all about. And uh, maybe if more adulterers and uh, uh, were stoned and uh, more false prophets were put to death, maybe we wouldn't have half the problems we have today. But that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, I tend to go more with the uh, eye for eye and tooth for tooth thing, although I do believe in grace. And um, I do practice a lot of grace, sometimes more than I think I should. But um, anyway, um, so anyway, another sip of coffee before we begin. It's starting to get cold, so.
and if you've ever listened to me, you know I hate cold coffee. Um, so the following words were numeric word matches in the Hebrew gematria. I presented as a possible reference to the character of Hillary Diane Rodham, a.k.a. Clinton. Um, both things known and maybe things hidden from the general public. Now, the first word that, co that came up was really weird. It came up and it said, Ray's birth. Okay, R-A-Y-S, birth. And I'm like, okay, what in the heck does that have to do with anything? So, um, I typed that into a search engine and something came up. A lot of times when I type something in a search engine and I go two or three pages and I don't find anything, I just dismiss it. It's, you know, it's garbage. Like I said, most of the time it's somebody that was looking up his girlfriend's character or something and, and her name is in there or his, you know, vice versa, his name is in there. And, um, but, uh, something came up with this. So Ray Merriman is a stock market analyst. He put out a video a few years ago after Hillary Clinton lost the election in 2016 that talked about the fallacies and problems that result when consulting the stars to predict the result of elections. The video makes it sound like he's on the fence when it comes to astrology, so I would never uh, take the market advice from, from this man. <laughs> God, no. Um in determining the results of anything by using the stars to predict events and analyze people. Some things need to be corrected or gotten correct in, in the data crunch, which uh, you will see can never result in an accurate prediction. Uh, these things are uh, correct birth time, the exact hour and minute, uh, what time zone that the stars per that the stars prefer. And I put SIC in there, sick. It's kind of a laugh. Like, yeah, come on, really? Um, uh, determining, and I'll say that from now on when I see SIC in there. Okay, I'm going to say, come on, really? Okay, uh, uh, bullet point two, determining the correct chart to use. Who has the right chart? And is there really a right chart? Uh, bullet point number three, the astrological issues of determining a winner. Most popular votes versus most electoral votes. This confuses most people aside from the astrological implications. Come on, really? Um, the role of personal bias is the predictor of liberal or conservative. If all other tests are passed, uh, this one would fail. Bias rules. In any regard, consulting the stars for anything is foolhardy thing to do. Astrologers tend to work in a different universe than regular people do. Just talk to one of them. That's all I ask. Talk to one of them. And if you're a believer in Yeshua, you're going to see that you're talking to somebody from another universe, seems like. Um, by this, I mean that anyone else who would predict an event or two and get it right is considered a soothsayer of high caliber, even though they crash and burn on hundreds, if not thousands of other false prophecies. Uh, truthful people who get things right 99.99999999% of the time and get one thing wrong are seen as crocs and false prophets. That's just the way the world works. Okay. So anyway, something see, something did come up with that. Now, that was really weird. Okay. Now, the next thing that came up was a word or a phrase called the geometrics meant. 
And I was like, okay, here's another one. Let me look it up. It's probably nothing. It almost sounds like the name of a rock group or a music group or maybe a movie. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really, I haven't listened really to rock and roll music since 1980. And so I don't really know that much about it. I mean, I know a little bit here and there from things I've heard, maybe on television or whatever. I don't watch that garbage anymore. But, um, or you hear stuff on the radio or or something. But anyway, so I looked it up, and as best as I can tell, this is another name for the NSA. As you might well know, the NSA, record, NSA records everything, and I mean everything, sit on any electronic device, and probably more things than we are not that that we're not even aware of. You know, uh, they don't call them smart TVs for nothing, right? Uh, there's a lot of people that believe, in, and and could be right, that your TV is listening to you as you're talking in your your living room. I mean, I've got the thing shut off; it's been shut off for quite some time. But who knows? Maybe it's still listening. I don't know, or they're listening. I should say. I don't want people to think that I think that the TV is talking to me because <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's used as a medium. Um, anyway. Uh, this phrase is uh, Hillary Clinton's worst nightmare, meaning geometric men, um, because uh, geometric is defined as, um, it says geometric is a unique SS7 protocol based solution that enables intelligence and law enforcement agency the ability to locate, track, and manipulate GSM slash UMTS slash 3G slash 4G LTE subscribers covertly virtually anywhere in the world all in real time using a very friendly um, GUI or user interface with the flexible capabilities of GIS mapping enough said. So this little Apple phone I've got sitting here right now is probably listening to uh, what uh, what I'm broadcasting right now. Hi NSA guys, how you doing? I hope you're enjoying your coffee and donuts. I just enjoyed a nice piece of fig bread with uh, with a cup of coffee. And I think I might go get another piece of fig bread. This stuff's really good. Um, anyway, and having picked up the phone, I realized I need to plug it in because it's starting to lose its power. So there you go. So now you guys can hear me even better. Okay. So... Anyway, so we got the geometrics men, which are basically probably the uh, NSA. Interesting that they use that term to geometrics men. Okay, all right. Now I'm gonna bur I'm gonna murder this word. Okay, so don't don't pick up your stones and get ready to throw them because I always murder this word. And the phrase that comes up is match. Ophicus. Uh, it's O P H I U Ophucus, I guess it is. Ophiuchus. Okay, match Ophiuchus. All right. See, all you got to do is sometimes is sound these things out and they, they come out perfect. Ophiuchus, or the serpent bearer, is a constellation in the zodiac. The sun is usually in Ophiuchus between November 21st and December 21st of any given year. 
it's it's a brand new constellation too basically that's just come or been put on the um whatever you call it that big round thing with all the different things on it um Ophiuchus is known as the 13th astrological sign, and of course that depends on the source. Uh, knowing that Hillary Rodham Clinton or Hillary Rodham, uh, well, Hillary Rodham Clinton, we'll just call her that from now on, practices the Wicca religion and is quite advanced within it, it's, it has to be that she worships Lucifer in some sort of fashion, right? Well, she worshiped nature. She worships the earth. Most of the gods of nature are the machinations of Lucifer. He invented them. So, you know, either directly or indirectly, she's worshiping Lucifer or Satan. And her apparent practice of bloodletting by human sacrifice confirms that fact. So much so that crossing her has uh, gained her to perspective, her prospective victims um, or getting them. Uh, what happens to him as being called being Hilloried. Um, it's probably going to be in a dictionary someday. You know, if you're if you're uh, killed murder for hire or something like that, you've been Hilloried. Um, there are hundred or ten. Let's say just say um, tens of people. I don't think it's gone into the hundreds yet. Although I think I read 150 somewhere, but I don't know of people that have crossed her or, or have been there when she's made shady deals with her husband, Bill, and, and with or without him. Um, uh, Seth Rich, I think, has been the last one that was uh, going to think on her and uh, died, uh, supposedly killed himself. Um, and there was one, I can't remember, it's been so long ago now, that uh, she supposedly had an affair with, and there's there speculating that uh, her horse-faced daughter is basically the uh, the union between this guy and her. Um, but uh, I guess killed himself uh, somewhere else. Um, although he was left-handed, shot himself with his right hand, and there was no blood at the scene. Um, but it was a suicide. So if you can explain that one to me, then you're a better person than me. Okay. So the next word that came up was Jerome. Now, Jerome Corsi is a leaker who leaked uh, leaked that Hillary Clinton had physical or mental problems and would not be fit for office. As for this writing, Corsi's still alive, which is almost miraculous since he released dirt on Clinton. Um, but you know what? It's getting to the point where, you know, if you say something and you die, it's people are starting to figure stuff out. Although they'll deny it, you know, when something like this happens, all of a sudden they, you know, they start put, they're starting to put two plus two together and realize that this woman is diabolical, wicked and evil and destined for uh, the lake of fire. If you believe that in the lake of fire, which I do, and then she's going to be doing the backstroke and that sucker. Um, now, another name that came up was Alvin, A-L-V-I-N. And right away, I was thinking of the chipmunks, Simon, Theodore and Alvin with good old Dave. Um Alvin Form is a liberal journalist who has worked closely with Hillary Clinton. He's written pieces that are intended to correct lies and mistakes that have arisen from Clinton's political machine and is a close friend of the Clintons. That's not a good place to be, folks. A lot of close friends of the Clintons uh, end up uh, in automobile accidents with their brake lines cut or, uh, or suiciding themselves or being Hillaried. 
or die in plane crashes or whatever. Um, yeah, you're a good friend with Hillary and uh, Bill. Um, there's really no way of getting out except for dying. And uh, unfortunately, that's part of that club. Um, okay. Now, there's another one that I put up, and it says, adding Q to a phrase is demonic. All right. And I, while uh, no quote can be found attributing such a phrase to Hillary Clinton, it would be remiss to write this off as a rhetoric. Uh, QAnon has posted a lot of truth about Hillary Rodden Clinton, and I'm sure that if Hillary could find out who the real Q was, he or she would be in a body bag before the day's over. No doubt. Then the, uh, the word came up for the phrase six of clubs. Okay. I'm just going to refer to this next phrase. Um, however, if you uh, notice that there are two number sixes on the card and there are six club symbols. And uh, so if you take the one six and the other six and the three um, and the six club symbols, it comes out to be 666, which when it comes to Hillary Clinton is not a hard stretch to imagine. The next thing that comes up was quite interesting because it came up to be Lucifer's number. That's the, Another uh, numerical word equivalent to Hillary um, Diane Rodham. Now, Manly P. Hall, a highly esteemed author and 33rd degree Mason, this guy wrote a lot of books. Um, He was basically more or less a successor to the founder of uh, Masonry uh, back in the 1800s. And um, he's written a lot of books about Masonry. And in the... um, the Gamatria, Hillary's number is 741, okay? Uh, so he's a 33-degree Mason. He stated that the number Lucifer has 741. He did not elaborate because doing so would be contrary to Masonic established rules and regulations regarding the dissemination of too much information. The Bible says that the Antichrist will worship the God of the fortresses, meaning that He will be associated with Mars or Aries, and since he's the god of lies and deceit, Satan falls into this category. Okay. And another name that came up with her is the Gray Aliens. That's weird, huh? Uh, Pretty self-explanatory, seeing that the Gray Aliens are fallen angels that guide their puppets and give them the means to accomplish the deeds of their lord, namely Lucifer or Satan. Hillary is a high-level Wiccan. I will say that again and again because it's true. And she's a higher level than Bill. I think one degree higher. And um, so, anyway. uh, Someday we ought to do a show about what Wiccan uh, witchcraft is or Wiccanism or the Wiccan religion. Um, Because it's quite interesting. And... uh, there are several different, they, they call themselves by colors. You've probably heard the term white witch, uh, black witch. Um, years ago, I had a friend, her name was Glory. I'm not going to say her last name. Um, and she, uh, we were talking about, um, oh, we were, so, oh, what the heck were we talking about? We were talking about um, a Christian song. That is sung in a lot of churches. Oh, 
Open the eyes to my heart, Lord. Now, if you look in the Bible, it doesn't talk anywhere about your eyes having a heart. Especially if you look in the King James. I don't know about the other. I don't. I just kind of disregard the other ones because they're usually changed and uh, things are removed and things are added and words are changed and uh, they can. That's why they. You can't quote from any Bible other than the King James in the United States, anyway, because there's no. Um, there's no copyright in the United States. In England, it's still copywritten to the Church of England. But um, in the United States, there's no copyright on the King James Version. But there's copyrights and everything else. And the only time you copyright something is when you're the original writer. You've changed something. And basically, that's it. <laughs> because when you change something, you're basically changing the content. And you're making it yours. Okay, so if you take things out of the Bible or add things to the Bible, which is strictly forbidden, or if you say that the original people that wrote it didn't translate it right, so you're fixing it because they made mistakes. Um, watch out for stuff like that, okay? Um, so anyway, um, we were talking about uh, Wiccanism. Um, it's just... Uh, Real interesting that um, it's it's making the comeback that it's made here. Um, Oregon, there's a lot of Wiccans in Oregon, um, and they kind of hang out in uh, Western Oregon too. It's and living in Western Oregon makes it kind of precarious here. But um, you know, there's a lot of woodlands and country in Oregon, and uh, well, we'll see later where woodlands come into play. But um, it's they're all over the place and. A lot of them like to infiltrate churches. They're very good at uh, acting like Christians because they, a lot of them were Christians at one time or claim to be. Or, and, you know, they know all the ropes and all the right words to say. So they'll infiltrate churches and try to take people out of churches and uh, and uh, dis, uh, dissuade them or persuade them that uh, that God isn't the right God to serve and that they need to go serve <clears throat> Lucifer. Although they won't say it's Lucifer, they'll say it's nature. But uh, in the end, it is what it is. So, okay. Now, the next word that comes up or phrase is first fruits. Now, if you've read the Bible, uh, especially the, uh, the, the uh, Tanakh, the Old Testament, um, it talks about first fruits a lot. First fruits is actually a holiday um, when, um, when all the first fruits or your first gleanings from your field were brought to the temple and given to the priests, and that was basically a, a form of a tithe. And uh, so you brought the 10% of your, the finest part of your fruits or your animals or whatever, uh, and then uh, that allowed uh, sacrifice, also allowed for the Levites to eat. That's why God got so ticked off when, um, when the Jews in um, the time of Malachi especially uh, quit uh, tithing. Because the uh, the Levites were starving, and so were the widows and orphans. And uh, we, you want to tick God off, uh, uh, then uh, pick on the widows and orphans, because He has a special uh, place in His heart for children's widows, orphans, and even uh, true true priests. I'm talking not talking about Catholic or or um, or any kind of Orthodox priest. I'm talking about your regular uh, believer that. Um, because the Bible says we're all kings and priests because of Yeshua. So, um, yeah. 
go after a believer or go after the widow and orphan and uh, your life isn't going to be that good. So, uh, so in biblical terms, uh, these are the first and best yields of the crop or animals that were offered for sacrifice uh, with the knowledge that Hillary is a Wiccan or slash Satanist or Luciferian. You pick the word. It would stand to reason that this refers to her human and or, or animal sacrifices. In addition, it's common knowledge that Hillary has quite a few people killed or had quite a few people killed and continues to do so. Now, in, in Satanism, well, let me just finish reading. Each kill in the Satanic realm is considered a sacrifice. That's basically what I want to say anyway. Every sacrifice, according to Satanic tradition, makes the one performing the sacrifice or ordering them higher on the power scale, supposedly. Now, I think when they all get to hell, they're... They're still humans, so Satan hates humans, and they'll be tortured. Uh, but for right now, that they think that they're they're uh, gaining some kind of stronghold in hell, or what they consider to be heaven. Surprise, surprise. Um, but uh, so when a Luciferian or a Satanic person has somebody killed, or they commit a sacrifice, they think that they're moving up a level or moving up gradually to becoming greater in the kingdom of Satan. And, uh, well, that kingdom is the kingdom that's going to get plunged in the lake of fire, like I said, and um, it ain't going to be pretty. So do it if you want, but you've only got a few years to do it, and then you've got an eternity to worry about. So Now, another word came up, L-O-V, okay? And um, I looked it up, and, you know, there were various, it's an acronym, there are various different acronyms. Um, but the one that I chose that would fit is uh, an acronym for Letters of Verification. Now, this might have something to do with her email scandal, or it could be verification sent to her via the sacrifice that she's ordered to have have accomplished. Um for instance, uh, well, we're going with the first vein here. Uh, maybe she got a letter of verification say, uh, during the night of Benghazi that said, uh, as ordered, we we told the military to stand down. That would be a letter of uh, verification that her orders were um, obeyed. Um, if she hired a hit man or, or uh, God knows how many hit people she's got out there. Um, to take out, let's say, Seth Rich, the most recent one. Um, probably got a letter back or some kind of communication back, some kind of letter of verification that said, job accomplished, uh, you know, splash rich or something like that. Or, uh, you know, something that had the word rich in it or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. The next phrase that came up was ancient Egypt. Now, the ancient Egyptians ascribed gods to their forces of nature, and Wiccans do the same thing. Okay, they all sacrifice to different gods at different times of the year. Uh, the Wiccans are really big. You ever hear Van Morrison singing Dancing in the Moonlight? That's a cool song, isn't it? Well, I always thought so, too, until I realized that the guy was a Wiccan, and he was talking about participating in a a Wiccan dance in the moonlight. And it was probably at some kind of sacrifice or some kind of, uh, I don't want to call a holiday, some kind of special day that uh, they celebrate during the year because they celebrate like um, 
all the equinoxes, all the solaces, and, and everything else. Um, they, they worship nature, and so did the Egyptians. Um, and there's another one that came up, Secret Art Master. And i got to look, and i got to make sure that I bold that. Um, and again, that's proof that Hillary's a high-level Wiccan Satanist and has reached the master level. Okay. Now, another thing came up. And this is going to kind of get involved, so try to stay with me, and I'll try to stay with me too. How's that sound? Uh, the word is sixth tefereth, or tifereth, and it's spelled T-I-P-H-A-R-E-T-H. Now, this is going to get into a little bit of Jewish mysticism, but you got to realize that uh, Jewish mysticism, a lot like Christian mysticism, and yeah, you say there's not Christian mysticism? Well, I beg to differ. Um, because that's what Gnosticism is all about and everything, but uh, we won't get into that. And also parts of the, uh, um, what do you call it, the charismatic movement get into Christian mysticism. And believe me, I'm a Pentecostal. I do believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but some of the crap that they're getting into is really bizarre. Like laying on a grave and thinking you could pick up the Holy Spirit that's left over from a dead saint. Sorry, but that's witchcraft. Um, anyway, now this term is used in the Kabbalah or Kabbalah. It is defined as, um, it says in the Bahir, it states, uh, sixth is the adorned, glorious and delightful throne of glory, the house of the world to come. Its place is engraved in wisdom. As it says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Okay. Now you got to understand that. Jewish mysticism or Kabbalah is it's basic psychobabble is what it is. <laughs> if you want to think of it, think of it as psychobabble or uh, spiritual babble maybe is a better term to use. It attempts to use human wisdom to understand spiritual things. And it, it approaches things from uh, a new age perspective, I would say is the best way to describe it. Um, maybe it is the, uh, the father of the new age. I don't know. Uh, it sure seems like it, but, um, it's trying to explain God from a human understanding, which is impossible. Okay. So they come up with all this gobbledygook and crap that, that tries to explain something that they, there's no way that they could ever explain. So bearing that in mind, let's continue. All right. Tiferet um, is the force that integrates the Sephira or Chesed, which means compassion, and the Gevara, which means strength or judgment. Uh, these two forces are respectively expansive, giving and restrictive, or expansive giving and restrictive receiving. Uh, either of them without the other would not manifest the flow of divine energy. See where this is going, giving and receiving, um, and then compassion and strength are all things that are kind of diametrically opposed to one another. And that's what the New Age does. Um, years ago, they came out with this thing called the New Age Jesus. And what it was is the Catholic Church had paid somebody to paint a picture of the New Age Jesus, which Jesus would look like if he lived now. And it turned out to be some black kid with a bunch of 
with a robe on that had different colors on it. Each color had a, a new age significance. It had a yin and yang symbol sitting there, which is definitely Buddhist or, or uh, Hindu. It's nothing to do with Christianity. It had an eagle feather, which is basically the the uh, same representation of the yin and yang, but in the um, the uh, Native American tradition. And uh, it was it was total crap, is what it was. Pardon my French, but. Um, so and, and this is trying to explain God the same thing, giving, taking, um, judgment, grace, and stuff like that. And God does possess all those things, but God divvies them out as He sees fit, and when He sees fit, not as a formula like they're putting here. Okay. Okay. It says either of them without the other could not manifest the flow of divine energy. And then we get into energy, and that's a whole new age thing. They must be balanced in perfect proportion by balancing compassion and with discipline. And again, we're getting into the yin and yang thing. You know, everything has to be balanced. Um, the balance can be seen in the role of the Tiferet, uh, wherein the conflicting forces are harmonized and the creation flowers forth. Tiferet also balances Nazak and Hod in a similar manner. <clears throat> In this case, Hod could be seen as the intellect and Azak is seen as the emotion. And again, you got two different things. Take men and women. Okay. Men think with intellect. Okay. We're, we're, we're reasoning um, creations of God. Women think with emotion. That, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong because they do. we do balance each other out, men and women, if, if we're in a correct relationship with God as the head with um, Yeshua as the head. Um, he's the crown and everything else underneath kind of falls in under the crown. But these people are trying to do it from a human perspective without God or or what they see as being God, which is nothing compared to when you're reading this. The names of God associated with Tiferet is the Tetragrammation Eloah Vad Da'ath. Now, the tetragrammation is not a loavadaath. The tetragrammation is yod heh vav heh, or Yahweh is a simple way to say it. Um, so, basically, um, tetragrammation means um, taking something and turning into grammar. Okay, and so they're taking a loavadaath, and now they're saying that. The archangel is the sphere of Raphael. Of this sphere is Raphael. Melachim, which is kings, that's the plural for kings or king, um, is the angelic order associated with Tiferet and the planetary and astrological course. See, now they're getting into the new age. The planetary and astrological correspondent of Tiferet is the sun. And if you read anything about ancient cultures, the sun was always the main thing. It was like the the undi- the unkillable sun, the uh, unquenchable sun, was always the main figure in ancient societies. Okay, and still is basically in the Masonic uh, tradition. Uh, the um, Kulfa or Tiferet is represented by the demonic order Thagaron ruled by the archdemon Blephagar, yeah, Blephagar, 
The symbol associated with this spear is the majestic king, and king's in capital letters. So, I don't know. It's almost like they're calling an archdemon a king or their king. It's totally weird. This is why you stay away from the Kabbalah, okay? You'll never understand it. They don't understand it. And the more they try to understand it, the more they conflate things. Uh, Tiferet also occupies a place in the middle pillar and can be seen as a lower reflection of Kether, as well as a higher reflection of Yesod and Malkuth. Tiferet relates to the sun, and as such, it takes a central place in the lower face of the tree of life. <laughs> Much in the same manner that the sun is the center of the solar system. Okay, so they're starting to give glory here, not to the sun. Um, and this is not good, because all ancient societies have done that, and they've all gone the way of uh, the dinosaur. It is not the center of the universe, as one could perhaps argue Kether to be, but rather is the center of our local astronomical system. Now we're getting into the stars and astrology. Uh, nonetheless, it is the sun that giveth light and life, that gives life and life, light and life, even though it did not create itself. Tiferet can be seen as a metaphor for these same attributes. Okay. How much longer does this go on? Okay. Tiferet is unique amongst the Sephirot, um, as it is connected to all the other Sephirot except Malkuth. <laughs> if you're lost, so am I. So let's just keep reading and get over this crap. By the subjective paths, be them conscious or less conscious, its position down the center between Keter and Yesod indicates to many Kabbalists that it is somewhat of a con converting Sephiroth form Yesod and force Keter. In other words, <clears throat> all crossing over in the middle path via Tephirat results in a reverse polarity. <laughs> now we're getting into ever-ready batteries. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the law of conservation, both vital both for energy and mass, now they're getting into physics, okay, tends to collaborate this in all cases of energy transmutation as it may happen in the trans transmission of gifts and goods from parents to their children, a sacrifice is necessary so the new form may be born. Hmm, sacrifice. And if they would only look at that and say, well, the sacrifice of Yeshua was necessary so that a new race of man could be born, a man that, if he accepts the sacrifice, would be without sin. Boy, if they would just lead one Kabbalist to the knowledge of Yeshua and the and and throwing all this garbage in the this stuff in the garbage, it would just be wonderful. I pray that in Yeshua's name. Um, Tiferet is the middle of the tree. <clears throat> Five Sifirots surround it. Um, above our above our Chesed at the right or the south, and Guvara at the left or the north. <clears throat> And below are Nezak at the right and Hod at the left and Yesod directly below. It almost makes a cross. That's weird. Uh, together, these six are a single entity, Zer Anpin, which is the masculine counterpart of the Femur and Sephira Malkuth. Huh. This is like reading a really strange science fiction that you're 
really wish you didn't pick up. Um, in certain contexts, Tiferet alone represents all the Sephirot of Zer Anpin, so that the entire tree appears only with only five Sephirot, Kater, uh, Kakmo, or uh, Kakma, Bina, Tiferet, and Malkut. And I believe one of those was demonic, wasn't it? In both the Jewish and Hermetic trees of life, Tiferet has eight paths leading counterclockwise. And what are we told about paths? There's only one path, right? Um, leading counterclockwise to Keter through Da'at. Bina, Givara, Had, Yosod, Nesach, Kesed, and Kokmat. So, oh, my coffee's cold. Okay. All right, we're done with that. Okay, but you can see how, how does this relate to Hillary Clinton? Well, the six Sephirat, it's talking about, <clears throat> see, Wiccans believe that there's no good and there's no bad. If you've read any books by New Agers like Ruth Montgomery or, well, you pick you pick the, the author. And they're usually females. That's weird. Um, except for, you know, the ones that are associated with Maitreya. But... Uh, if you um, if you look at it, they're saying that that there is no evil, that good and bad cancel each other out, and that is exactly what the New Age teaches. That's exactly what Hillary teaches uh, when it's when it's to her advantage. Okay, um, she teaches that. And uh, what does she want to say? Why can't we all just get along? I know that. Uh, that the one guy said that, but she said it too, you know, and, and she wants to, her whole thing is to take everything like the government and make everybody get along. What's that book she wrote? Um, it takes a village, right? No, it doesn't take a village. It takes a good mother and a good father to raise a child. It doesn't take a village. It takes a family. It takes grandma and grandpa. It takes brothers and sisters. Um, to raise a good family. It doesn't take a village. You start turning your kids loose in the village, your kids are going to become village idiots. So, um, but this is what Hillary wants to do. She wants to convince you that there is no good and bad and that, um, and that's why the sixth Tiferet is a um, numeric equivalent to her name. Okay, now another word comes up. It's called spiros or spiros. Uh, in a Greek, it's defined um, as a Greek name. Spiro may also be spelled spiro, S-P-Y-R-O. Or, uh, it comes from the Greek spiros, and it's spelled as uh, spiro, spiros, or spiros, uh, with a nominative final, the S, that is usually dropped when it's anglicized. It's a male name given, uh, given it's a male given name, Fairly common in Greek-speaking population, Greece, especially in Corfu, whose patron saint is Saint Spiridon, uh, in Cyprus and Greece, um, or in the Greek diaspora, as well as among the Christians of Lebanon, where it is a common first and last name. <clears throat> it is a shortened form of the archaic-sounding Spiridon, which means in the ancient Greek basket used to carry seeds. Um, because it could mean uh, also grain and seed. The Greek diminutives for spiridon or pippis, 
and Pepeto. I've heard that people called Pepeto before. It's usually Spanish, so it's weird. Okay, <clears throat> so in effect, what does this boil down to? The Bible talks about a sower of seeds that sows bad seed with the good seed uh, that the sower sows, which causes tares to grow with the wheat. When Yeshua refers to the evil sower, he's referring to Satan and the seed that is sown is satanic seed. Hence, the meaning could be that Hillary is a satanic seed or a tear that grew up with the wheat, but in the end is being revealed as a serpent seed rather than a godly seed. It could also refer to Hillary being the basket that contains the bad seed. And boy, does she spread bad seed. Um, ungodly seed. She spreads hate and discord. Um, one minute she's for women's rights. The next minute she's for killing little ba little girls in abortion clinics. You know, it's um, she's a mixed up bag of confusion. Okay, the next one that comes up are the letters V and Q. <clears throat> Did a little research on this one. Had to. Um, now, VQ is a military designation for reconnaissance squadron. Okay. Um, so how does this deal with Hillary Clinton? Well, it's a fact that there was a recon there were there were reconnaissance drones in the area of Benghazi, Libya, at the time of the attack when um, they were going after uh, Ambassador Stevens and some of the other people that were there. Now I found difficulty in researching which squad which squadron the drones would have belonged to, but the fact is that the situation was being monitored. It's been verified, and that Hillary knew what was occurring. But she did nothing, but did nothing. Uh, it shows a cover-up and culpability of her as the, the acting ambassador. And I believe she's the one that gave the orders to stand down to the military. Bad news, Hillary. And when she sits there in front of Congress and says, what difference does it make? Oh, my goodness. That woman's going to burn. Okay. Now, another word came up, um, J-A-R-R-E-D, Jared. Um, with that spelling, nothing came up that I could find. Um, you got to remember, when they add the extra R in there and you're using the gematria, it changes the number. So if it was J-A-R-E-D, you know, if there was somebody associated with her with that name, then um, it wouldn't come up because it doesn't have the same numerical value. So nothing was found in connection with the spelling. Now, the next word that came up was Elven, E-L-V-E-N. And this word, if you know anything about these little creatures that people supposedly see or, or saw during the Middle Ages, elves and fairies and trolls and everything else, uh, the word means elf-like. If something's elven, it's elf-like. Now, elves play into the wicked religion very well and are thought to be called upon to perform mischief against the Wiccan's adversaries. So uh, maybe uh, it'd be interesting to know if, if she calls her hit squad the Elven or uh, or elves, you know, send the elves out to take care of this. That, that would be interesting to know. And, and it's perhaps it's true that she uh, she uses uh, otherworldly uh, creatures in, in the form of elves or maybe human like that look like elves that go out and and do these things to people that murder them and stuff uh nothing's beyond the realm of possibility anymore <laughs> to tell you the truth um 
Okay, the next word that comes up is garmonbosia. Garmonbosia. And this is the word for pain or sorrow um, in the David Lynch film, Twin Peaks, uh, Fire Walk With Me. Uh, people's gamboza is collected and eaten by the demonic beings in the movie who inhabit the Black Lodge where they eat it. Uh, it's It visually resembles cream corn. Um, and then it says here, the Emerald City, the city that housed the wizard in the movie, the Wizard of Oz. The theme of this movie is also used in MK Ultra train, uh, for training and grooming people by the CA and other covert groups. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Gambosia, there's something else that I didn't put in here. It should be in here. Um, it's basically when um, the body parts, usually the brains, are, are scrambled to make it look like cream corn. And um, if you have read anything about Hillary Clinton, you probably read that she's into cannibalism, which a lot of the elite are. And uh, they get something called um, Kuru. Um, not often here in the United States. A, uh, a lot of times it happens in um, uh, Papua New Guinea, where it was a real problem for a while. Uh, because if a brain is infected with Kuru and you eat it, you become infected with Kuru. And it was awful interesting that Hillary Clinton, um, um, there were times when she was shaky. There was times when she had um, lesions on her tongue. There was times when she went into like uncontrollable fits of laughter. Times that she looked at things like she was amazed. Like when the balloons were coming down that time, she looked like a, a two-year-old child looking up at the balloons, you know. And a lot of these things are kind of um, uh, symbolic or uh, not symbolic, but characteristics of people that have Kuru. So um, if she's been eating the, the brains of little children, especially around the pituitary gland and around the um, pineal gland in order to, to get some kind of uh, high off of it, or if... Um, she probably even if she got blood from somebody that had Kuru, I would imagine um, <clears throat> she would exhibit signs of having it and it would kill her um, when she was stumbling to get into that van. It wasn't because she lost her footing. And it was really weird because then they took her into her daughter's house, supposedly. And when she came out, that was a different Hillary. And she came out without Secret Service guards. Did you ever see that? You ever notice that? The woman that came out just came looking right out the door. Hey, I'm going. See you later. Uh, no, if that was Hillary, there'd be Secret Service guards walking all around her, guarding her. So that was weird. Um, anyway, the next word that comes up or phrase is God speaks through. Now, the word God here doesn't necessarily mean the God of the Bible, but it could be the fallen cherub Lucifer. Because um, God could be spelled with a small g. Okay. And uh, there are people that want to become God. And uh, I always spell their name with small g's too. Because the only God that deserves to have his name spelled with a big G is the God in heaven, Elohim. Um, uh, El Shaddai, uh, El Yon, um, Yahweh. Uh, so... Uh, just the fact that it says God speaks through uh, could mean Lucifer speaks through. And he's doing a good job speaking through her, too. 
Um, talk about a woman that can double talk and, and make something um, totally bad sound good. You know, that's that's a trait that's best left to him. And if he's talking through her, well, not even if he is talking through her. Okay, the next word to come up is leaven, L-E-V-E-N. Now, in simple past and, and past particulate, um, it's it's a actually a, a simple past and past particulate. Leavened uh, is the word. Um, leaven in biblical terms refers to something that's been totally consumed by sin. Now, I know that there's a, fr- a phrase where Jesus used it uses it, Yeshua uses it, and he says that he equates it with being um, filled with um, filled with God. But uh, for the most part, leaven in, in biblical terms talks about being filled with sin, consumed by it. Um, and that's why during um, Passover we eat unleavened bread. Well, one reason is because it's to symbolize we didn't let have let, the bread didn't have time to rise. Uh, had no leaven in it, but uh, another reason is it's a it's a metaphor for sin. Okay, now another word came up, Master Leo Gurochan. Now, no context to Hillary Clinton with this word probably refers to someone with this name that has the same numeric value. So we just go by, right by that one. Another word, pretzel. It's a term used by pedophiles. Hillary's known to have visited Epstein's Island where children are used for nefarious purposes. Um, if she's a lesbian, I have no doubt she's a pedophile. Once you start getting into the darker stuff, you just keep getting darker and darker. And um, and she's been known to have uh, visited that island before. So um, case closed. Bang the gavel. Okay. The next term was UN sinks USA. Well, that's the ultimate goal of Hillary if she would have been president. If she would have become president, um, she was going to destroy the United States and turn it over to the New World Order. No doubt about it. Um, The next one is be the you. Okay, be the you. It's a humanistic term for transforming yourself from what you are to what you want to be, plain and simple. Um, and that's what the whole socialist agenda is about. Although when they want you to be you, they want, they're going to try to get you to be you, but they're going to try to get you to be the you that they want you to be. Does that make any sense? I think it does. Okay. Now there's another word that comes up and it's a phrase. Actually, it's cannabis ruderalis herb, H-E-R-B, herb. My dad used to say herb just, just to drive me crazy. <laughs> I know it's that, but dad, the H is silent. No, it says herb. No, the H is si- Okay, well, what about pneumonia? And then he'd tell me to shut up and we'd move on. Anyway, now, I don't, this is the first time I ever heard about this form of cannabis. I, I was reading about it and, um, you know, with my history, when I was my teenager, I was pretty well a, a, um, connoisseur and uh, uh, authority on the subject, but I guess things have changed. Um, it's a third form of cannabis. It's often combined with uh, cannabis sativa and, and cannabis indica, um, you know, with one or the other. And it's to help the flower under adverse conditions, like if the growing season's colder or something like that. They, uh, they do a little gene splicing or a little bit of... Um, uh, what do they call that? 
I can't remember. They put one plan in another. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Um, grafting. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, is it possible that Hillary's involved in this somehow? Well, only God knows. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay. And the rest of it, I kind of started picking up on today. And I finished this today, by the way. Or I should say yesterday, since it's tomorrow from yesterday. Um, the word jolt came up. And I'm like, okay, well, what the big deal, jolt? Um, it's a fascinating word because it can mean several things. If you type um, in, in a search engine... Uh, Hillary Clinton jolt. Um, you type it into a search engine at, at, at this certain time right now, uh, you will find articles that talk about a jolt being positive or negative. Hence, a jolt can mean something that happens that brings her into a favorable light or a jolt is something about bad news that brings her down below her baseline, which right now is pretty low. Uh, therefore, it's been something found in headlines in the past, but that doesn't mean that something will not occur to bring her her back into favorability rating, uh, higher or lower, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, this is an active and living word that will probably be with her until the day she dies, either by execution because of treason or by a natural death, if not dead already. We talked about that. I don't know. Maybe we did. And that will allow the gates of torment to open very wide. Torments. When I say torments during a radio show, I, I, I need you to understand something. <clears throat> um, back before the death of Yeshua, um, we're, ta we're taught about uh, Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, uh, and in Hebrew tradition and, and, and biblical light, too, uh, Sheol was a place that um, existed, <clears throat> and it had two chambers. And Jesus or Yeshua told the story about this when he talked about the Lazarus, rich man and Lazarus, about how they both died right about the same time and how the rich man went down and he was in torment. He was thirsty and he saw Lazarus sitting in Abraham's bosom uh, and content. And he asked for some water from Abraham and Abraham said, I can't do that because the, the gap between us is so wide it can never be crossed. And um, and he says, well, then at least send Lazarus up there to tell my relatives about this place so they don't come here. And he said, I'm sorry, but, you know, they have Moses to listen to. And if they can't get it out of Moses, then uh, they're probably going to end up with you. And he, well, he didn't say that, but he just said that uh, if they read what Moses has to say, they'll realize that this place exists and they won't come here or to your side of it anyway. So, um, anyway, um, it, the scripture talks about Yeshua dying and, and actually being descending to hell and leading the captives captive. And that's in uh, the Tanakh, the Tanakh, too, about how he would leave the captive, lead the captives captive. And so um, the theory is, and I believe this to be true, that when he died, he went to uh, Sheol and he went to um, paradise. And he preached in paradise and all the people that had always awaited for Mashiach to come, Messiah, accepted him and went to heaven with him. And in scripture, there's a little obscure scripture in, in the um, Brit Hadashah, um, I think it's at the end of John, that talks about when, when Yeshua rose, that the graves of many were opened and they went into the city and they spoke. And they, they preached the gospel. It's basically is what they did. 
And um, they probably did that for 40 days and went up with Yeshua when he went up to heaven. But um, who knows? But um, <clears throat> anyway, so Sheol became a single um, container, basically. Let's put it that way. Um, after Yeshua died and took the captives captives, the only thing that's left is torments. And that's for people that don't believe. Uh, Paul talks about uh, believers that die. He says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Or he said, basically, it says better to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. So um, believers just go right up to be with Yeshua. But those who don't believe go down to uh, torments where they will await the final judgment. So that's what I mean when I talk about torments. So. Glad we got that out of the way. Now, the next word that comes up is yatamu. Um, this is actually a part of a Hebrew phrase, which um, uh, actually is from one of the sages that uh, that comments on scripture. So it's more oral tradition, um, but there's some truth about it. Um, so this is actually part of the Hebrew phrase, which states. Again, in their commentary to the conclusion of Psalms 104, um, talking about the rabbis, Yitamu kata im haaretz means let sin disappear from the land. The rabbis emphasize sin and not the sinner. So it's kind of talking about, well, let's see, let's go. On. I'll read it because I wrote it down here. If you read the lesson that the rabbi is teaching, he's talking about acceptance of Jews towards converts to Judaism and how when they convert, uh, when they convert, uh, it comes that it should be realized that nobody has uh, led a righteous life. And that it must be remembered that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, basically. Um, an examination of this passage might come across as being sympathetic towards Hillary Clinton. However, there is a uh, there's being there's being born into sin, okay, which everybody is, and there's being born into perdition, um, and perdition's people manufacture ways to sin and create murder to cover up her sin. Um, Hillary can be compared to, quite aptly to Jezebel of the Tanakh, who was married to Ahab, who was chasing around a, um, Elijah trying to kill him, Elijah the prophet. Uh, from the Tanakh fame, whose demise is that she fell off a high wall and that the dogs consumed her flesh. Hardly the fate of someone who renounces sin and should be forgiven of it thereafter. So, anyway, the next word that comes up is very revealing. The next phrase, the Islamic uprising, actually has the same numeric value. Uh, probably no other number affiliation serves Clinton better than this one does. Hillary was Barack Obama's Secretary of State during part of his administration. At the time that she served, an ambassador, an ambassador Stevens went to Benghazi, Libya, to investigate the sale of missiles to certain terrorist factions. I know that's not the official story, but it's what happened. He was going, he was going out. I can't understand what I wrote here. He was going to investigate something that would expose Obama and Clinton in their treasonous act. Uh, supposedly, the terrorists were tipped off, and Stevens and several others were taken captive, tortured, and killed. 
in the most vile of ways and we're talking sodomy and, and everything else and well, I just hope the guy was a believer and he's in heaven because it'd be terrible to die that way and then continue the torture later. Um, later, evidence proved that Hillary knew that this was going to happen. And when the military received distress calls from Stevens and the consulate, the military asked to intervene to save Stevens and the others who were brutalized and killed. Hillary later, well, she denied it. She wouldn't let them go. Hillary later cleansed uh, her email accounts of all correspondence regarding her implications, but copies were kept by WikiLeaks. That's one place. This is the guy who used to work for the NSA or the CIA. I can't remember. And most probably the NSA kept a copy of it, too, because they keep copies of everything. In addition, uh, certain emails were found on the cell phone of Anthony Weiner, who was the husband of Huma Abedin, and she was the Iranian aide to Clinton. What is it about Hillary Clinton and John Kerry both having, um, and Obama too, because he had that Iranian um, advisor? Well, I guess maybe the Iranians were running the presidency for eight years. Okay, and the next word that comes up, and we're getting towards the bottom, folks, I promise. Uh, the next word that comes up is lightning conductor. <laughs> of all the words, right? As you probably know, a lightning conductor is usually something that reaches towards the heavens and brings it closer to the source of the lightning, right? Uh, that's why they tell you not to stand under trees or hold up metal objects. More golfers get hit by lightning than ever. Um, so it could be a tree, a flagpole, a tall building. I'm sure you've seen pictures of lightning hitting the Sears Tower or the Empire State Building or the Twin Towers when they were there. Um, Hillary the Wiccan has attempted to reach the heavenly realm by practicing a religion that tries to assert that people can grow closer to godliness if they practice certain rites, R-I-T-E-S. Uh, notice I used a small letter G in that word God because the God that Hillary is attempting to be is uh, one of nature. The goal of uh, higher-level Wiccans is to gain power through worship and manipulation of nature. It's a nasty religion where Wiccans of different colors, meaning demeanors, not races, all vie to be top dogs, and they all fight each other. Um, they'll all act like they're getting along together. You know, the if you talk to a white witch, oh, we're all we're all good. You know, you talk to a black witch, oh, we're all good. The Reds I've never talked to, um, but um, I'm, when they get into their own little social circles, they're all talking about how to outdo each other. Um, all throughout Hillary's life, she's been a lightning conductor, metaphorically speaking. She's been reprimanded by her boss during the Watergate hearings for being a bumbler, and she was fired, too. Uh, she and her hillbilly husband, Bill Clinton, have cheated, lied, and murdered their way to the highest office in the land. Yet each and every accusation that's been brought against them has been forgiven by their base, their fellow politicians, and their God, G-O-D, small g, Lucifer. Yes, she is the lightning conductor, but the lethal charge of the lightning bolt always seems to pass through her to affect those around her. Uh, and like the infamous John Gotti, she seems to be coated with Teflon. However, in the same manner that Gotti was finally found out and convicted, so will Hillary and Bill Clinton hopefully well before they pass the down elevator. Pass to the down elevator. 
Another word that's very interesting that comes up with Hillary uh, Rodham is symbiosis. Well, here's another word, numeric value, that surely describes Hillary Rodham Clinton. The word symbiosis is defined as, and here we go with the definition. And listen carefully to the definition. Symbiosis from the Greek, uh, living together, it means living together, is any type of a close or long-term biological interaction between two different biological organisms, be it mutualistic, you know, um, like my wife and I, mutualistic, we're married, we have a symbiotic relationship, commensalistic, uh, which I have no idea what that means, I'll admit it, or parasitic, which means something living off another without its permission. Um, the organisms, each termed a symbiont, may be of the same or different species. In 1879, Heinrich Anton de Barry defined it as the living together of unlike organisms. The term was subject to a century-long debate about whether it should specifically denote mutualism, as in lichens, biologists have now abandoned that restriction. Okay, let's see. Symbiosis can be obligatory, which means that one or more of the symbionts entirely depends on each other for survival or faculative or optional when they can generally live independently. Symbiosis is also classified by physical attachment. Symbiosis in which the organisms have bodily union is called conjunctive symbiosis. And the only thing I could think of basically would be Siamese twins. Um, I'm sure there are much better examples, but um, Siamese twins depend, definitely depend on each other. Um, okay, conjunctive symbiosis. And symbiosis in which they are not in union is called disjunctive symbiosis. When one organism lives on the surface of another, such as the head, head lice on humans, it's called ectosymbiosis. When one partner lives inside the tissue of another, such as symbiodinium within coral, it is termed endosymbiosis. So when you're um, <clears throat> demon possessed, it's called ectosymbiosis. Hillary has lots of ectosymbiosis. Probably got more demons in her than you can count. Um, if she's still alive, but I'm sure her, um, body doubles, body triples, body quadruples all have some kind of infestation. Anyway, so I said here, goodness, where do we start? We let's keep it simple. Hillary likes socialism. She would love for the working class to support the higher classes through higher taxes, whereupon she would make the lower classes feel like she was taking care of them. This is a this is sort of parasitical, kind of like dual parasitical, actually. Um, in addition, Hillary, being a Wiccan, would love to place all other religions, especially those who will not recognize her as queen or her religion, into a lower class religion where they would be subject to other to other religions like Islam, which she seems to adore, although she doesn't seem to grasp that Islam would not recognize her as queen. It would not honor or respect her. 
Therefore, they would be eliminated before they could eliminate her. She's a rabid feminist and a lesbian, which means that men would have to be relegated to a lower class of human being and would be subservient to women. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Okay. And we go to the last word and then an in, a little um, explanation. Um, Alejandre Lassard. There are, no, there are several people with this name that can be found by researching uh, but none appear to have any sort of researchable ties with Hillary Rodham Clinton. They're not made that easy. Now, as I've shown, Hillary Rodham Clinton, I should say Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton, has some very interesting numerical equivalents associated with her. As usual, there were some ambiguous names found, and most of them were searches of names that other people placed in for sports figures or plain everyday people. My suggestion is this if you're going to do look at gematria yeah look at it that's fine but don't save your name after you look at it okay it only makes things harder for everybody <laughs> it just causes more work for serious researchers now i did an entomology of the name hillary diane rodham okay and then i did a conclusion and then we'll be done with this okay I promise. <clears throat> Hopefully it's been a good show and you're getting something out of it. So entomology of the name Hillary. Hillary, or spelled with one L or two, is given is a given and family name derived from the Latin hilarious <laughs> uh, or cheerful from hilaris, a cheerful Mary, which comes from the Greek um, hilaro, hilaros, cheerful or merry, which in turn comes from hileos, which means propitious or gracious. None of those fit Hillary Clinton. I mean, a lot of times she looks happy, but I don't think inside she is. Anyway, um, so that's kind of like a um, an opposite. Diane, um, a.k.a. Diana, which is really comes from probably derived from the old Indo-European root meaning heavenly divine, which she definitely thinks she is, related to diesis, or it says see Zeus. Uh, Diana was a Roman goddess of the moon. Remember that. Hunting. Remember that too, actually, because she kills people. Um, forest. Remember that one from before. Well, no, you'll see in a few minutes, I guess. And childbirth often identified with the Greek goddess, goddess Artemis. As a given name, Diana, or Diane, has been regularly used since the Renaissance. It's become more common in the English-speaking world since Sir Walter Scott's novel, uh, Rob Roy, 1817, which featured a character named Diana Vernon. It also appeared in George Meredith's novel, Diana of the Crossways, 1885. A notable bearer was Diana Spencer, uh, or Princess Diana, uh, 1961 through 1997, the Princess of Wales. Now let's go to Rodham. <clears throat> the word Rodham in the Anglo-Saxon language refers to the prefix rod, having several different usages, including clearing in the forest, a raised riverbed section, and an area where the osiers grow. And you're going to wonder, what's the osiers? 
um, and with ham as the suffix related to living quarters or a home or a hamlet. The Scandinavian Rodham, which is spelled a little different in A-land, uh, means Red Harbor. It also is close enough to show Timboninic uh, evolution from uh, Northern Germanic. <clears throat> so conclusions. We can see it's quite clear that the name Hillary defines uh, is defined as cheerful. She appears that way in public, but those who have seen her in private say that she's wicked, vindictive person that throws temper tantrums. So it's all an act um, when she's happy or appears that way. The name Diane derives from the Roman Roman uh, Diana and befits her perfectly with the definition of a moon goddess. Uh, interestingly, the Allah, uh, the name Allah denotes the Islamic um, moon god. Um, maybe that's why she seems to have a love affair with the Islamic peoples. It's also notable that uh, being Wiccan and a high order one at that, she would celebrate Wiccan Sabbaths. And I don't say Shabbats or Shabbats. It's S-A-B-B-A-T-S. And that's also known as Satanic Special Days, uh, which are celebrated during the full moon periods of the year. You celebrate Halloween, you're celebrating with Hillary Clinton. Lastly, uh, the meaning of her surname, the maiden name, is interesting. So put together, it means a hamlet that is the clearing of the forest where the willow grows. Willows are one of the several trees revered by Wiccans. They are one of the nine sacred woods burned in a bonfire. If you didn't know that, I didn't before I did this. <clears throat> they were used for healing properties and for making potions. Their tender branches were used to weave into wicker baskets, which are said to symbolize and or hold a woman's mysteries. It appears, judging by Hillary's preference for Wiccan rituals and tradition, that the name Rodham has been brought down through the generations as a wicked bloodline, Wiccan bloodline, excuse me. So her name could be summed up by saying, <coughs> you have to have a clear voice to say this, the happy girl, oh really, who is named after the moon goddess whose family's line is Wiccan and it originated in a home that was in a clearing in a forest where the sacred willow tree grew, a tree that was used in Wiccan celebrations and mysteries. So there you have it. Hillary Diane Rodham, later to be known as Hillary Rodham Clinton. And that is her character. Um, these words describe her pretty well. Some of these things were surprises to me. I know they were to you. Um, and um, so now we know her character, where her character comes from, that it's basically been written. Um, if you believe that our names are written before anything existed and that God knew everybody or what everybody would do, and I'm talking about Elohim, um, or El Elyon or Yahweh, that he knew everything that would happen before it happened, and things don't happen by accident, that this woman was meant to be evil, she was born to be evil, and she will die evil. I um, I hope, I do pray for her soul, I do. I hope that I'm wrong. I really do, but I don't know. I don't know, she's pretty far gone, so...
Anyway, let's see. What do we got here? God, you almost been on two hours. Man, I was thinking about doing two people, too. But um, good thing I didn't. An hour and 43 minutes. So, folks, anyway, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate your listenership. And I I know we all do. And um, and I know that, um, you know, we, we brought a new guy on, Brian. And Brian's awesome. I can't. Someday I'll tell you how I know Brian. Um, right now. Um, right now we'll just we'll just keep it the way it is. But um, Brian is sort of related, okay? <laughs> um, sort of related through marriage, and um, uh, really super neat guy has been a, a Christian or a believer in Yeshua for longer than me. I think I've been like 40, 41 years. I think he's been 43 and um, really solid guy. And um, it's a pleasure to know Brian. It really is. And um, one of the things I'm, I'm planning on doing, and I, you know, I hope that you guys would enjoy something like this is um, a lot of times we don't understand this younger generation we have a hard enough time understanding the uh, gen xers um and the um, millennials the millennials are really hard to understand sometimes but it seems like they're starting to come around as they mature just like the rest of us did i guess but um there's a generation that comes after generation x and it's called generation z and not generation x after the millennials which is actually generation y uh, comes Generation Z, and they're like my grandkids. And um, I have exceptional grandkids. I really do. Um, I'm a very blessed man. Actually, they're my step-grandkids, but, um, but I, 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 I'm a very blessed man. And um, I can't say that we have a bad one, you know. Most families, you know, you have... Uh, you have two or three or four or five kids, and there's always one that creates trouble or problems. I can't say that. I can't say that one bit. And, um, you know, the three daughters, wonderful people, you know. Um, so I, I'm, like I said, I'm very blessed. And, well, anyway, I was talking to my oldest grandson, um, and I he's interested in being on the show. And so I've been trying to think of, and please help me to pray about what to think of what kind of format that would be, because I I don't mean bringing them on as a weekly thing, but just having them on once, I just, or maybe, maybe twice, because there'd probably be a follow-up, but um, I don't understand that generation. Just like my grandfather didn't understand mine. And, I want to understand them. I want to understand what their hopes are, what their fears are, what their, uh, their aspirations are, what they, what they see their future as being like. And, um, so I'm seriously considering, um, having one of these shows where it'd be just me and him, because I don't think he'd feel comfortable with three other guys on there. And, um, so um, that'll be coming up soon, I think. Um, so 
you know, keep that in prayer. I really would pray that you keep that in prayer because, um, frankly, I don't know. I kind of know what to ask them, but I don't know how to ask. And, you know, when it's a complete stranger, it's real easy because you don't feel like you, if you offend him and he goes away mad, you know, and I'm not going to do anything to offend my own grandson, but I want to, I want to be able to be able to cater to his feelings to not hurt him in any way or ask him a question that might embarrass him or something like that, you know, so, and I'm not exactly known for my, um, my, uh, my tenderness, let's put it that way. Um, I made a comment about uh, our governor in a yogurt shop today and was told by the girl that worked there that I wasn't being nice. And uh, I frankly didn't care. But, um, you know, I, I don't I sometimes lack tact. I'm, I'm getting older now and I I really don't care what I say anymore, which is something I always wanted to look forward to. But at the same time, being a believer and being, you know, having a pastoral um, calling, um, I really have to watch what I say and how I say it and things. And, and that's really hard to do. I was, I'm really conflicted a lot. Um, wanting to say what I want to say, but realizing I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> so um, anyway, so that's that's one of the plans that we have. And um, this coming um, Monday, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier. I may have. I think I did, but I'll mention it again. Um, we're going to be doing a show where we're going to be talking about what we learned last weekend. Yeah, I did talk about this. Uh, or last Monday, what we talked about with Jonathan Gray, just to kind of debrief. Because it was really heavy and there was a lot. And um, so we'll debrief about that. And um, and uh and we have some plans for having somebody on. And I also want to get the chemtrail guy on again, too, um, and talk about him, about anything that might be new. Uh, frankly, uh, you know, we've had real clear weather here for the last at least month and a half, and I haven't seen a chemtrail at all in the last month and a half. So I want to find out if other people are seeing them, um, what other parts of the country and things like that. So um, anyway, uh, so we're, I'm going to try to get him on. As a matter of fact, I think I'll send him a letter when I get off the air tonight or this morning. Or well, maybe I'll wait until tomorrow. It's kind of late. Um, but um, anyway, thank you for your listenership. And, you know, if you feel led to, tell other people about our show. Um, I don't know how you would present it. You know, you could say, hey, there's these four guys that talk about these kind of unusual subjects and, you know, or if it's a certain subject, it comes up, well, yeah, well, why don't you listen to these guys? They've talked about that, you know, or something like that. It's, you know, if it was a cooking show, you can, you could really easily tell somebody, hey, these guys, they talk about cooking. Or if it was about auto repair or anything that, even if it was about subjects in the church that were commonly talked about it would be an easy thing to bring up and have you know suggest to people to listen to but you know the minute that you bring up you know they're talking about parallel universes they're talking about um you know all things that are kind of uh, fringe things uh, where biblical people are concerned you know it's it's kind of hard to say hey you know <laughs> you might want to listen to this but uh, and i understand that i really do 
And I think that's why we're, we're growing. We're growing slowly, but we're growing. And, um, you know, I, I never expect to be an Art Bell. I never expect to be a Rush Limbaugh. I never expect to be a Michael Savage, although I respect the heck out of Michael Savage. And um, I just like the way he says what he feels. Um, I have a little bit of a hard time doing that because I have to remember who I really represent. I mean, I represent me, but I represent the Lord God of Israel too. And, and, uh, I have to watch what I say. Um, but, um, you know, I, uh, hopefully, you know, in the, the months, days and months and maybe years to come, if we still have that long, um, we'll get a larger listenership and uh, we don't advertise on this show because we don't do it for money. Um, there are costs, but you know, we, we all seem to be able to scrape the money together one way or another to be able to pay for things. So we never really put an appeal out for money. Um, and, um, just like Jonathan Gray offered his books for free. And hopefully you got that link. If you didn't go to last week's show and that link's there and you can download all of his books. <clears throat> My books are all free too on the delusion resistance. Um, and like Jonathan, I think time is short. and People need to hear about these things. And, and right now I don't need the money to subsist on. Um, so I don't think that I'll ever charge for them, but um, there's some interesting reading there that might help you to understand who you are and what you are in, in Yeshua and um, and some other subjects, too. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to quit babbling because it's almost been two hours now and I am really tired. I'm going to go up and go to bed. But um, I just hope and pray that you all have a, a wonderful day. That you uh, because it is day in some of your areas now. Um that you have a blessed weekend and I might get on and do another show tomorrow night if I feel so led and there's subject matter to talk about. But, um, anyway, just again, thank you. Uh, we love our audience. We, uh, we think you're special. We, uh, we crave hearing from you. We, we, uh, we listen when we hear from you and, um, if, uh, like Jim and I have always said the last, well, in December, it'll be 10 years. But um, we've always said, you know, we're we're not above listening to if you think we're wrong about something. Um, and it, you can prove it scripturally, of course. Um, if it's a fringe area that, you know, you we're just not going to agree on, then that's something different. But if you think we're scripturally wrong, let us know, and we're going to pray about it and look at it. And, and who knows? Maybe we'll get on here and say, hey, you know, we were wrong. Um, so anyway, have a blessed night, a blessed day. And, um, until we meet again, we will, um, I wish you, uh, blessings and peace and prosperity in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, otherwise known as Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen.